Hi, everyone. It's Nika, the founder of Urban Remedy, welcoming you to the You Are Love podcast, inspiring health through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. Hey, everybody. I'm super excited to be talking to my friend, Anya Fernald, today. She is the co-founder and board chair of the amazing regenerative farm, Belcampo. She has restaurants, and she has been a leader in the slow food industry, and she's just an amazing person, I can say personally, and we're talking to her today. And we found out that she is fasting. She hasn't eaten breakfast, so we'll see how that goes. And today, we're going to be talking about... Um, female entrepreneurship and being women founders and single moms, which is the triple trifecta. So this is how we're celebrating uh, Mother's Day today. So Anya, tell me a little bit how you started. I So I started, my mom was an entrepreneur and a super hard worker. I know your parents were um, both academics, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I always felt like a failure in my family because I was so interested in entrepreneurship. And, you know, I started my first business when I was 12, a cookie business and sold cookies at tailgate games for years. And um, just was always interested in having a job and doing business and building stuff and had a lot of hustle. Uh, My grandfather was an entrepreneur and he sort of mentored me more, but I remember feeling growing up like, man, I don't really know I can tell I wasn't the same cut from the same cloth as my parents were. I, was, I liked school enough, but I wasn't like passionate about it in the way that they are with being you know, academics, my sister as well as an academic. So it's definitely a different energy from the rest of my family in terms of that interest. But you definitely are for sure, um, you know, you have that like academia headset or mindset in terms of, I mean, I think in terms of kind of the way that you think about things and kind of look at your life, I would say. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I um, you know, I like to. I, I'm I'm so grateful for having grown up in a in a family that prioritized like dialogue and really constructive, thoughtful process. Now, on the other side, I have like definitely in my own kind of growth. It took me a while to recognize or understand that my kind of smarts actually are very functional, right? So, like sometimes the functional pieces were less there but definitely the intellectual rigor all over it. But, you know, it's like you, you, you piece it together and you, people also end up, you know, constructing elements of their lives in, in reaction to things that they don't like in reaction to things that they want to change or see being done differently. And, and for me, I, I wanted to um, be in control. I wanted uh, to be able to create experiences. I wanted to be able to do things and make things. I love making stuff. And that's been true for me as a kid, I would love crochet and sewing and building and did everything. I always had tools and was always crafting and constructing. So it's, you know, there's a lot of elements of the making and the tangibility of it that appeal to me. I love product like you, Nika, um, in creating stuff that people want and figuring that out and putting those pieces together. So it was definitely, it's funny though, like you realize how conditioned you're so grateful that I didn't my parents encouraged me to do my own thing and I didn't feel like I needed to follow in that, in those footsteps. Right. Um, I also, you know, look at people who grew up with entrepreneurial parents. I'm like, God, that would have been amazing. You know, I would have felt so at home, but it's it's cool to have forged a different path. And the funniest thing, because my parents often ask me, they're like, how did you learn how to do this stuff? You know, because it's like for them, there's no way you just sort of picked it up. Right. So that's always makes me laugh. How did you learn? Like, where did you learn how to do this stuff? And Oh, this is just a different world. You like learn by doing. 
Yeah, and following your passion. And I, I just, when you were saying that, I remember after my dad passed, I was reading his diary. And one of the things he wrote in there, which now I think is actually hilarious, he was like, I'm a little bit disappointed in Nika. She's really following like what you're supposed to do in the world. And she's going to acupuncture school and like getting a, her master's degree. He was like actually disappointed that I wasn't more of a free spirit, you know, just like <laughs> out and about, just like traveling the world. I was like, that's the opposite of what most people do. Exactly. Um, which was super funny. But my parents were always like, do what you want to do, like whatever makes you happy. Um, well, I'm super grateful to have, have you in my life. And um, it's so rare to share kind of some of the similarities that we have just in terms of being founders of food businesses and being single moms um, and, you know, going through um, the learning process of like being on a board and being in a male dominated industry in terms of investment and working with people and all that. So I've really appreciated um, our conversations and support in that arena. And I wanted to do this podcast to also kind of share what it's like to be a female entrepreneur and a single mom, because those are, you know, being a mom, as all moms know, is a full-time job in itself, and just kind of give some people some stories or a little bit of advice on how to navigate that. But I um, now, I think, I don't know about you, but when I look back, I think, how the hell did I do that? You know, and you have two, I just have one. Um, how do you, I mean, how did you do it? If I think back on it, Nika, it was so traumatic and stressful and painful. You know, I, I can't say, um, I mean, obviously if you end up with full custody of your children, it's not a great story, right? Whatever happens or whatever happened. Yeah. Um, so that's like that part of it aside, um, you know, it, the, the juggling of it was so challenging um, because you're pulled in so many different ways. And I, I also, you know, I, I always wanted a career and wanted to be in the world and wanted to build something. Right. And in my vision, the kids were just going to kind of come along with me for the journey. And that ended up not really being feasible. You know, initially when I had one little kid, I strapped her on me and went and she traveled with me and I brought her to meetings and I was that person. Um, but that after a certain point at about three years old, I realized that that was not the best for her. And that I was really mm -hmm. paying attention to my own needs more than her needs in doing that. And it started out with just like, well, it's hard to have relationships and have friends and have consistency if you're constantly kind of going places. So I really made a commitment to, yeah. to, to let her be more stable and try to dial back my own, um, my own travel. And it honestly wasn't until COVID that I was able to, to develop much more of a healthy balance. And I think it strengthened my relationship with both my children um, but it was so hard for me to say no to the to the professional demands. And on the other side, it was so hard. Mm -hmm. I never want to say no to my kids. So what I realized was happening, I was really kind of just saying no to myself for a long time in terms of my own needs um, and my own needs for rest and connection and, and partnership and life and everything. Right. So that's been a really interesting kind of vein of self-development in the past couple of years has been, okay, you can't really serve either your business or your, or your children if you're not really taking care of yourself. This is frustrating. And that's frustrating. This is frustrating. And you have to say, take a step back and say, okay, when you start pointing a lot of fingers, you got to look first in the mirror, right? Yeah. Like when you start to feel a lot of blame and start to think you have to first look in the mirror, like that's the place where you need to start. And maybe you're not going to find the answer there, but there's always part of the story that starts by looking in the mirror. 
what could I have done differently? And sometimes we don't want to do that because it involves self-scrutiny that's uncomfortable or recognition of truths that we might not want to realize, but also because it takes more time to focus on ourselves and what we need to change and probably slow down and communicate better, right? So it's like one of those things in parenting too, where it's like, man, a lot of these issues are directly, I would notice I would be away traveling for five days, six days and come back. And then it's like, everything was off the rails. And then I'd spend three days like getting things back on the rails yeah, and then head out again. And then, you know, it's like this, this sort of cycle. So it, it's the realizing the cost of that. And then when I say that COVID helped a lot of things, what I mean is that I'm still doing the same amount, but the fact that so much more of it, it's more comfortable for people to be digital, um, which allows me to not have to spend yeah. so much time in cars and planes. Um, I love doing meetings, love pitching, love selling, love building, all that stuff I want to keep doing. But now it's like 80% of that I can do on the phone or on a video conference because the past year just made everybody comfortable with that for whatever reason. So great. Awesome. That happened and it's been fabulous because there's a way that I can actually sometimes be done with work at five and then maybe get on the computer later, maybe not. But that's an amazing change for me. And, and I feel like it just really... I feel like I've I've been able to be so much more present as a as a parent, and it's like it kind of I think when you're trying to do it all in your mom, you know, single mom, or you know, with children, a lot of the parenting responsibilities, or even you know, less than half, whatever your situation is, and running a business, it's like something's got to give. So getting rid of all that travel time for me gave me back those like eight or ten hours of the week that I was losing and gave me enough time to, to sort of like actually root down into my own growth and my own ability to be present. Yeah. You're like one of the only people that I know that like has really thrived during COVID. And for, for those of you that don't know Anya, I mean, you really traveled more than most people that I know. And so you were gone a lot of the time in New York because you have a you have a restaurant in New York and you were going to LA a lot. And so it seemed like COVID for you was just like you're, you got so lucky because it was such a reset for your lifestyle and which is so great. And for a lot of us, me included, the COVID was actually more stressful, but it's good. Like you were saying, it's like a time to really look at yourself and figure out the things that you want to change. And, you know, knowing you personally and just listening to everything that you just said, you are somebody that has done a lot of work on yourself. You know, you're very self-aware, um, which is such a great gift also to give to your kids. Um, and I, I did a podcast recently um, with Cheryl Laughlin, and that's one of the things we were talking about was like, you know, we were talking about that kind of parental guilt that we have being working moms. And, you know, one of the things that she said, which I love, which I do think is true, is that, you know, our kids have seen us really create these businesses, you know, from something really small to something really amazing. And it's teaching, you know, our kids, our boys and girls that, you know, our moms are strong and that women can do anything. And I think there's a sense of, at least with Frankie, you know, and I know your kids feel the same way. They're really proud of what their moms have accomplished mm -hmm. and yeah. can really see that. And we're kind of modeling for them, you know, um, that women can be successful leaders. There's some, when I see how proud my daughter who's eight is, she'll tell me like, my gym teacher knows who Belcampo is and they love the, they love the meat and they think you're doing a great thing. And I'm like, and she, she her whole face lights up and it's like, maybe that's because I've prioritized the business too much. But I also think it's like, it's, I want to show my kids living for a cause, right? It, it, it'll be nice to have financial security at some point, I hope. And it'll be nice to 
you know, there's nice things and like those are all within reach, right? But it's like the bigger issue for me or the bigger opportunity has been, and I try to reinforce this when I talk about it, because you know, a lot of a lot of childhood is is how you experience things. You know, think about this in in the in the Blitz in World War II. I did these great longitudinal studies on children who had been through the Blitz. You know, the Blitz was when London was bombed every night by the Germans for like two years. It was this horrific experience. There's bodies on the streets, air sirens every night. They didn't know when they were going to come. It's a terrifying experience. So children who went through this, if their mothers were highly stressed and anxious throughout the whole thing, and every night it's like, we got to go in the bomb shelter. Ah, we're going to die. Or if the moms were making it like a game, like, okay, we get to go underground. It's like we're camping. It's an adventure. The kids who had the latter experience ended up as far more functional adults. And I just think it's like, we're all going to have stresses that we have to share with our children. It's how we message it and how we share it. So in times, so something I've been kind of coaching myself on is in times when I've been overwhelmed by work, I used to, you know, be more casual saying, oh, this is driving me crazy or I wish I could do something else. And, and I, I now try to put it more in the, in the, in the language of, you know, doing really big things is hard, right? So what your mom's going through, it's not terrible and people aren't out to get me. Um, Nobody's being mean to me, but I've taken on something really hard and it's taking a lot of work. And so I'm just working on something really hard because big things don't get solved with easy solutions. And kids get that, you know, like, so my kids, that's something from me around the growth. And that's been the, the, you know, the, the opportunity I think is to constantly present the challenges of business you know, in talking about them or in, in how you're living things as like, okay, well, another piece of language I use a lot is like, yeah, I had this really frustrating thing happen that I can't control. So I'm just going to go and, you know, go for a run or I'd love to take some time in nature. Cause there's this thing that happened that pissed me off, but I'm totally not in control of it. And you know, things that you can't control that piss you off, you just got to process, right? So taking those moments to say, you know, as if, if you are in that position and if you've chosen to embark on a strong career path that, that can, you know, cut into your time with your kids, what are the ways where you can use that, your own journey as a way to coach, you know, appropriate emotional resilience um, and ability to handle big things onto your kids, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, you know, it's part of like modeling for your kids. It's like what you were just talking about. You know, our kids watch us. And if we're handling the stress in a certain way, or if they are, even if they see our stress, but see that we are changing or healing ourselves, you know, from whatever stresses or whatever issues we're dealing with, you know, we're teaching them, yeah, you can go through hard, hard times, but you work through them and here you are out the other end. And that's kind of what life's about anyway, right? You're, nobody is going to always have the perfect life and feel great and everything's not going to go great all the time. So it's like teaching them, you know, how to go with the flow of life, right? Because, you know, we can't tell our kids that life is perfect all the time and everything is easy. So I think that that does teach our kids resilience for sure. If you're in a situation too, this would just be advice for moms listening where your work is beating you down. You know, it's the same thing as being in like an abusive relationship. Like for a lot of women, it can it can be much more important to them to think about the image that they're leaving for their children than it is for what they are personally are suffering, right? So I just think too, in, in work, mm-hmm. um, when you are needing to balance things, it's like if you're doing something with joy, right? And, and there's a way where you're like, you really want to crush it. You really want to crank it. You've got that burning ambition. You're doing something you care about amazing. Share that as something you deeply care about, still with them being the number one priority, right? And and share that joy. But I think it's a harder thing if you're in a situation where you're just really frustrated and 
and not feeling recognized and, and cared for by your work or, or doing something you don't believe in or that you think is bad for the world. That's something where I'd also say, you know, maybe you should consider the prioritization there, right? Because it does really make a difference for how, how your children perceive their ability to be agents of change in the world. Absolutely. And and doing things, I think, you know, like what you just said, it's like there's a big difference when when our kids are watching us doing something that we love, something that we're passionate about and makes us happy. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but we're do, we're living our, you know, what we feel is our life's purpose or our dream um, is really different than, you know, if you're really caught up in the corporate um, world and you are maybe just trying to reach a goal. Maybe it's something that you don't really love, but it's like you have an idea that you need to be, you know, the president of your company or the head of whatever is much different than doing something that you really love. And so I think that's when I, when people usually ask me my advice, you know, about starting a business or being a female founder, that's usually the first thing that I say is like, make sure you're doing something that actually brings you joy and something that you really love and are passionate about. Cause that's gotta be the first thing. And I think when our kids see us, you know, doing things that we love, you know, I'm hoping that my son will follow suit and find out, you know, figure out what it is that makes him happy. And I know your kids really love food and are major foodies. So I'm, I will be curious to see uh, what they end up doing with their yeah, lives it's sweet as well. Too. You know, something as they've gotten older, that's been really fun. You know, I used to sort of bring them along to work events and stuff. And now I don't because I've, I found that, you know, I've, I'm the co-founder was the CEO for many years. And, and I, and I noticed it kind of had a little bit of a prima donna effect where they would feel like, Oh, well, I'm with her. I get to sort of order everything and mm-hmm. get what I want. And I, I don't want that in my kids. Right. So I try to keep them out of the actual work environment I also don't want them to, to feel like adults are just going to be nice to them because of, you know, the fact that I'm their employer, for example. Um, but I have been really enjoying getting them involved in mm-hmm. other aspects of my work now. So, you know, for example, when I'm, I do a lot of recipe development for our company now, and when I'm developing things or tasting in the kitchen, I'm like, you know, Viola gets home from school. I'm like, Hey, I need you to come in right now and taste that spice rub and let me know, you know, what you think, which, what, what product you think it's going to go best on. Right. And then, you know, within you know, a week, she's coming back to me with like, they, they, you know, they do that a few times and right away you'll see more questions and more engagement around things. So again, it's like, is recipe development a big part of my time? No, but it's something yeah. I really enjoy and it's an aspect that I share. And then, and then she's like, this is really fun. Like I taste this spice rub, I taste that one. I like this one more, I like that one more. And, and then the other thing too is like, I, you know, I, I recently had an experience where I did kind of blow my top at home. I'm working from home. Uh, you know, our offices are still closed. And um, and we we ran out of a product that I really care a lot about and that was doing great for the company. And there was just a supply chain issue. And we were short for about two months. And and she hears me getting really frustrated about this. And and we talked about it. I said, you know, this is what happens. Like, a you know, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. And we talk about it. And then, you know, within, you know, a couple of days, she's teasing me, like, when are you going to get the meatballs back? When are, they, are the meatballs back? But he's no mom's mad about the meatballs. So just like kind of involving them in the day to day things. But I, I, my way of involving has really evolved, uh, of involving this change over the past couple years, because as they get older, I'm noticing like, well, what's the actual creative way where they can, they can see what it means to find joy in work. Right. Um, and then it's another, mm-hmm. but another really I love important that. thing in terms of like finding joy in work. I think this is something that my kids have called me out on a ton. It doesn't mean the same as like working all the time. So a problem with 
us as entrepreneurs is that we can get addicted to the information and addicted to what's going on. And we're looking at our phones all the time, looking at our mm -hmm. Slack channel and looking at our texts from our coworkers and stuff. And so another thing that's really been challenging for me is my kids call me out. They're like, listen, you don't let us play video games all the time, but you've got your phone all the time and you're looking at, you're doing work right now. It's another piece that I've mm. really tried to sort of say, let's have some more boundaries where in those evening hours, you know, I'll talk to friends, but I'm at sacred about not, not like looking proactively in my emails to see what's going on. Right. So there's just some things there that I think it's about showing healthy boundaries in all things. Right. And it's, the problem is, you know, parenting, it's like 24 seven, you never get yeah. a break. You never get a day off where you can just like slug and use curse yeah. words and oh, yeah. um, eat junk food and think there's no consequences. You know, <laughs> So it's like that whole of like being the best self. You know, I, I definitely, when I first started Urban Remedy, I feel like I was on the phone and on the computer constantly. And I just couldn't, cause I was just starting and it's like, I couldn't stop. And then I got to a point where I realized, okay, I, maybe I don't have as much time with my son as I want during the day, but instead of being on the phone and the computer, it's about that quality time. Maybe it's not five hours of quality time. Maybe it's three hours of quality time, but I just need to be, he just wants me to be present. And the times that I could be present and you're so good at that. I mean, you, you really are such an amazing mom. I've seen you in, in action and, um, you are so present with your kids and you have such beautiful, well-behaved, amazing, fun kids. Um, so you've done such a good job at, at being a mom. What about, do you have any like funny stories about like dealing with your kids, like with business or anything that you want to share? I'm sure you do. You know, the, the, the funny one is my, my oldest is like a baby CEO and, um, the joke is that she's going to start a competing meat company called Del Campo. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. She told me. And so the other night, like I'm in YPO, which is like, like professional development group with like other CEOs and founders and stuff. And I had my small group of my YPO people come over. It was like eight people. They're all business, whatever people have built businesses. And I, and I, you know, told her I had a sitter coming. I'm like, okay, we're doing this dinner tonight. It's all these people. And I've mentioned these people to the kids before, because this group has been really meaningful to my personal development, professional development the past couple of years. And so my daughter, my daughter's like, oh my gosh, tonight's the dinner. I got to go. She goes upstairs. She gets on a velvet dress. She puts on clip on earrings, puts on a pair oh of like velvet gosh. flats and goes and stands outside the gate. Right. And then she's like, hello, I'm Viola, like, what's the name? What's your name? What what business? What do you sell? What's your business like? And then she, I'd like to take you on a tour of the house. And I was like, not allowed to speak. <laughs> she oh, was like, this is my God, moment. Is These are my new friends. So funny because, you know, I'm like, a, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm like pretty gritty and pretty, I'm a very, I'm very much a creative, right? So I feel like she's so much more a boss, like more of a conventional, like <laughs> corporate, <laughs> corporate gun, you know, Viola could like be out yeah. there, you know, running some massive, in the backdrop, I'm like wearing my apron and my clogs, like cooking dinner. And then I'm like, ah, thank you. Thank you, Viola, our hostess. And then like, this is like the, the chef we brought in for the evening is, is my mom. Oh <laughs> I'm gonna, my God. I'm going to host the dinner. So. I was just going to say, I know when her and Frankie have hung out a few times, she's like, she is definitely the boss. And she's like, you know, to, even when we've hung out with her with the adults, like she just fits in with the adults. She's like way beyond her years for sure. She's a total character. She's so funny. No, I was just going to say, I've noticed the same thing with Frankie where he get like, we'll be out. We were at like UCSF recently and there were some doctors like eating Urban Remedy there, you know, and he just walked right up to the table and he was like, my mom made that food. 
And I and I'm like I love that he's proud, but then sometimes I'm like Frankie, you don't have to go up and like, you know, I like that he's proud. And then they're like, oh, really? Come sit down and like, you know, do this whole thing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's great to have your kids proud, but I agree there. It's like a balance between um, the, you know, just the way that they're per- perceiving, um, you know, our successes or even our failures and how they kind of translate that into, you know, cause sometimes we'll be like, Oh, my mom does this. And it's cute. Cause he's really proud. But I, I agree. It's like a balance between um, you, you want them to be proud, but not like overtly um, misbehaved in some sort of way. <laughs> you know, like another question is like financial security. And that's something that I try to you know what I talk about vision and that those pieces as well with my kids, right? Like we talked a lot about in this conversation, but you know, another question, like when my kids, when we talk about work, I say, you know, I'm, I'm working to have financial stability for us. Right. And I think that that's something where sometimes in the sort of mission driven female founder space, we don't talk about the fact that we all also are looking to be the, the masters of our own destiny. Right. And mm-hmm. our own future. And so I, I also think this as a, as a female entrepreneur, it's important to say like, yeah, economic security is important. Like, yeah, we're not in it to be Bill Gates. Obviously we, what we've chosen to do with our lives is as much more about the planet than it is about anything else. But I, I do think there's a, there's a voice too to, to show like, you know, being a responsible adult means being fiscally responsible as well. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially um, when you start a company, people assume that um, you have so much money, you know, because you started this company. And in reality, you know, when you start a company, you know, you'll, you have a salary, but unless your goal is to end up selling that company or going public, you know, a lot of the times there is kind of this feeling that you're, you're more financially stable or successful um, when in reality, you know, there's a lot of struggles in that arena. And, um, I think we've both ha- felt that a little bit, you know, people are like, oh, you have 12 stores and you're this multi-channel business. Or I know when a uh, slight funny story, the first time I came over to your house and we pulled up in front, my son looked at me because you have a really beautiful house in, in Berkeley. And he looked at me and he goes, wow, mom. He goes, she, her business must be way bigger than your business <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, Frankie, I'm like, it's not about that. You know, that is not, you know, what we're going for. I'm like, but yes, her place is really beautiful. But he was like gauging it on like how beautiful your house was. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, the, there's piece that we're connecting. I think, I think my children too think that, you know, the stability is higher sometimes than it is, right? Like, but that's something I try to portray is like, hey, this isn't all set and done, you know, like, but the reason that we're gunning hard and working hard is so that we can have a lot more freedom at some point, you know, um, but that's important because there's, there's different ways to go about it. And, you know, and you can go for, you can be an employee and make far more money than, than you or I make now on an annual basis, um, but you don't have any exit or any agency, I don't talk about it in those terms with my kids, but that's definitely something to to talk about. It's like we're working to have, um, you know, we're working hard so we can have a lot more, more freedom. And and you know, there's just there's a there's a way to talk about other. Not saying this is the only way, but like there are different choices about how to go about that. You know, and this is the choice that I've made is because of these reasons. It allows me to also do things that I really care about for the planet. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think that you know. Our backgrounds are very different. My background, obviously, is in like Chinese medicine and and healing, and um, 
And so when I started Urban Remedy, I really had no background in business. And so for me, one of the things, the advice I would give to, you know, women that are just starting out on this journey is really to make sure, you know, if you're in that, if you're in that space, if you don't have a background in business and finance, um, to really educate yourself before you start, because it's so important to speak that language and to really understand um, the structure of a business and how to promote yourself and how to make sure that you're getting paid what you're worth and whatever deal that you're doing um, is really the best option for you as a female, because it is really difficult. The number of people I've talked to who have had things go sideways because they decided that finance was below them or not interesting to them or too hard. And as a result, outsourced it all to somebody who they then were like, trusted right with this and then ended up with a mess a few years in not saying you have to know how to do it but doing it i mean for my business in the early years we bootstrapped it and it was like my prior businesses right before belcampo and that basic knowledge of like cash in cash out how you balance it that, that that stuff is really crucial i tell my daughter that a lot around math you know i say why should you learn math? Because she asked me why math. She's, she's like loves, you know, vocab and language and stuff. And and I say, you know, math is power. Um, that's just, you want to, you want to be comfortable with math because it gives you agency and power in life. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I'm one of those people that absolutely hates math. Like my whole team makes fun of me because we'll be in a meeting and they'll pull up a spreadsheet and my eyes glaze over and I'm like, oh, can you just get to the bottom line and like actually tell me what this means? And I, I'm a good decision maker, but I'm not, you know, good at that. So I think, you know, having people that you trust around you, make sure, you know, that you have very, you know, um, people that are role models for you or people that are advisors for you, you know, before you sign any sort of contracts or documents is super important. Um, you probably have, you have more of a business background than I do. So you're, you're probably much better at that. Than I, I do. But I'm definitely not finance inclined. You know, I have done it over the years, but I, I did business planning for years um, in a, in two previous roles basically like the form of like management consulting. So I definitely have that background, but it's, it's just something where don't take at least a year or two at the start of your business to get an understanding of the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. And making sure you're being valued as a woman, because, um, you know, as we know, in a male dominated industry, a lot of times when you come in as a woman or as somebody that doesn't like me, that doesn't have as much as a business background, there are people that will try to take advantage of that. And so it's really important that you have your bases covered. Um, in that area, in that arena. And so Anya, and wrapping up, like what are some of the just top things that you would share like as tips to other women that are looking to start a business, that are moms, that are super busy? Um, I mean, I know you've already mentioned a few, but is there any that you haven't mentioned that you want to throw in there for the end? Yeah. One that came to mind, this might resonate with some of your listeners, but the calmest person in the room controls the situation in parenting and business, et cetera. So focusing on yourself, this isn't like getting manicures and like self-care with big air quotes. What I'm talking about here is like having the ability to downshift, to self-regulate, to stay calm and focused. When your kids are screaming, when stuff's happening, like that inspires confidence in your team and it lets you be a better negotiator. Um, that's my biggest piece of advice is like figure out how to stay calm, stay in your power, stay in your zone. You gotta be that person for your kids. You gotta be that person for your team. You need to be that person to negotiate for yourself, right? So remember, 
the calmest person controls the situation in most negotiations and in most situations, right? Um, and, you know, we learn as Muslims that like, you know, sometimes I still do it. My five-year-old flips out and screams at me and I scream right back, right? But that's not the way to win. <laughs> you know, so this, think about that, like find ways to focus on yourself. The, the boss of a startup that is crying and freaking out and talking about our problems, et cetera, don't, you know, we don't want that, right? Nobody wants that as a boss. So keep that in mind about being calm. The second thing to consider was painful for me as a lesson as an entrepreneur is that when you're in charge, nobody is watching out for you. You know, nobody's watching out for you. Nobody's like, let's make sure that their health can, can coverage is seamless or let's make sure that, that the, you know, expense policy considers their special needs. Let's make sure, right. Like, and you mentioned this as sort of negotiating for yourself. Um, but I also just say in general, just remember your team can be the best team in the world and they expect you to take care of them. And I think that's why it's so important to have a good team because, um, you know, I, as you're, as you're mentioning that, like if you're working with people that you really test trust and are of high integrity, um, you know, you can't be good at everything. So you have to know what you're really good at and make sure that you surround yourself with people that are much smarter than you and better at whatever their expertise is, because otherwise everything's just going to fall apart because you just can't do everything you know, it's impossible. And also remember that you can't show up at work with needs is what I mean as well. Like, and that doesn't mean you can't have needs, but think about your social network, your partnership, your friends, get therapy, get a coach, get a professional group, whatever that needs to be, right? But you can't bring needs to work when you're the entrepreneur, when you're the founder. Mm -hmm. And if you do, it's 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 usually a way you end, up, you end up attracting people who are more about solving your needs than they are about making the business work, right? So just consider that. I thought you, you can't talk about it, but like you can't bring, you can't bring bigger needs to work. You need to be the person that they can rely on and be a rock. And then you need to have, but that doesn't mean you don't have those and those other needs, but you can't, you can't look to work to solve that for you. Right. And I think, you know, also being a woman and a leader, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, just culturally we're taught that, you know, women who make a lot of noise or might speak out against something are more hysterical or are more, um, bitches or difficult to work with. And so it's a real balance. I think being a woman, um, CEO or a woman founder and a leader in a company, um, and, you know, figuring out like your style, um, and making sure that you're able to speak your voice and not be scared of being a leader or scared of speaking your voice, um, and making sure that you are, you know, but being a powerful person. So it's like really creating, I mean, for me over the years, it's really been about understanding that I need to speak my truth and how do I do that in a way that people understand where it's not coming across as, a hysterical woman or um, whatnot, but it's really like figuring out the, that communication. Cause I think that's where in the workplace it can, I've only had it happen to me honestly one time in my career, but the one time that it happened when I really spoke my voice um, and my truth in a room full of men, you know, there was a couple men that took that as, you know, me being emotional and, um, and I've heard other women talk about it and it was very interesting and not a very fun experience, but I really look at you as somebody who you, you are a very good balance of that. You're very clear 
at speaking and, you know, speaking your truth and your mind. Um, but I think for like uh, some other women, it's hard to come in, you know, and to be that powerhouse, um, you know, in a male dominated business world. It definitely is easier for me being a little bit older. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm more of a sense. I remember once being in my thirties and I was on an airplane and the guy next to me was, so oh, what do you do? And he saw me working on a spreadsheet and I told him, and he's like, tell me about your business. I told him about business. He's like, there's no, wait, stop, stop. You ever seen that Taco Bell ad where there's the little chihuahua that talks, you know, the ad that I'm talking about? And I was like, yeah, I, I know that ad. It's like the little chihuahua. It's like, I'm having like a flashback to that right now because you're like this attractive woman, but you're talking about numbers in a way that like makes a lot of sense. And so it just, it's just totally remind me of that talking chihuahua. Yeah. God. Yeah. What did you say? I just like, like out for the rest of the flight. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now that wasn't somebody I work with, but it's occurred to me that other people have been silently thinking that. <laughs> you know, basically compare me to a t- I've t- never t- thought that talking dog. So anyways, but that just like, but you know, like one person says it means that a hundred people think it right. <laughs> but yeah, you got to kind of, you got to. Yeah. You are a really good balance, I think, of the masculine and feminine, and which is a rarity, which is probably, you know, why you're so good at what you do. So um, kudos to you, seriously, for, for uh, you know, all the successes you've had. And um, I think we'll wrap this one up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope that you found some tidbits of wisdom in here. And um, for all the women out there that are looking to follow their passion and their hearts and to, you know, move forward in, in their dreams and their business. Um, I think as long as you're following your passion and doing what you love and you're kind of letting life guide you, but you've got the tools to do it, you can do anything that you want. And success is, is right around the corner for most of us. And even in the even in the times when things don't go right and the most difficult times when you think you aren't going to make it, there's always lessons to learn. And life is always taking us on a journey full of lessons. So it's going with the flow and learning what you need to learn. And then you make different decisions um, in the future. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your friendship. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. Thank you for joining us at the You Are Love podcast. For more episodes just like this, please subscribe. This is Nika, and I'm wishing you a beautiful day.